You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download our free mobile app. There's a digital Bible on there, all of our teachings, an online community that you can communicate with and have fun with. It's just a great resource in your pocket. But if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, also like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave a five-star review. All of that helps us to get in front of more people. And I am excited to say that as of this morning, when I checked our data, I'm a data and analytics guy myself, I see that we have more listeners on a monthly basis than we have ever had before, and I am thrilled and excited. We're actually coming up on one year since we started the 1% Christian. We started right before uh, the, uh, actually right at what would be known as the Lent season, right? The 40 days plus uh, leading into Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, and um It was really kicked off to be somewhat of a devotional during that time, Uh, but the outpouring from you all saying, hey, continue this, uh, really uh, has manifested itself into something awesome. I get, you know, some really great feedback, and I love that we're here studying together. We've been all through the Gospel of John. Uh, We're getting to the tail end of the Gospel of Matthew here, and I'm just so glad to see that this is bearing fruit Uh, and uh, it is a great use of our time. Look, the whole concept here is that we take a little bit of time a day, that we we have a conscious and intentional period of time that we dedicate to God, to His His Word, to the Scriptures, to study, but also to to worship Him and to to pray, right? These are all things that strengthen us in our walk and in our life, and I'm just so glad that this has been able to be a blessing to you uh, in that way. And we're going to keep going. Uh, When we're done here, uh, we are going to go right into the book of Acts, uh, which is just an awesome, awesome study. And uh, what we did last year during the Lenten season, we uh, went ahead and uh, went seven days a week. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to push it. We're going to go seven days a week here, get through the rest of Matthew, and go right into the book of Acts. But as for today... Let's get into today's study. We're in Matthew chapter 25, and uh, we have to acknowledge that this is a continuation of the Olivet Discourse, right? Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives talking to his disciples. We just did an extensive 10-day study on Matthew chapter 24, where, again, we went verse by verse, line by line, concept by concept, and we broke this down, that down because that's uh, often a... Um, a portion of scripture that gets pulled out and applied in a lot of different areas. I won't get into all that again, but right. Jesus is sitting there talking to the disciples. He's talking to them about the end of the age and, and talking to them about what they would need to look out for. Uh, We are in reading about the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant, right? And we've already pointed out that the, true sign of that was that the temple fell, right? The the Old Testament was, the Old Covenant, excuse me, was about temple worship. That ended. 
about 40 years after Jesus, just like he said it would. He said no stone will be left unturned in that building. And what he said actually happened, right? So now Jesus is telling them what to look out for. Uh, we went into Matthew chapter 25 with Jesus talking about the uh, in teaching in parables. He taught the parable of the ten virgins, right, which put that parable in the setting of a wedding feast, a Jewish wedding feast specifically, uh, and talked about there being a wise set of bridesmaids and a foolish set of bridesmaids. And it all really centered around preparedness, okay, being ready for what was to come, being wedding, ready for the wedding feast, okay? So notice it wasn't good and bad. It was wise and foolish, okay? And those who were declared as foolish were the ones that didn't have the oil so that they could not be a partaker in the wedding feast, okay? The oil always signifies the Holy Spirit, or quite often in Scripture, signifies the Holy Spirit. And this makes a whole lot of sense when you look at that the Christian, the follower of Christ, is indwelled by the Holy Spirit. In Romans, it talks about those who are not of the Spirit of Christ are not his, right? So with that, uh, we see that those who were not prepared suffered loss. So the application of that in that first century was what? Was that those who were not prepared as the covenant was closing would suffer loss, and we know that they did, okay? And so we look at it in context of the oil, those who did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit suffered loss. Now, how do we apply the kingdom principle to us is God gives us kingdom opportunities every day to bless others, to advance ourselves forward, okay? And we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit now. So, you know, we can miss out on these opportunities. If what? We are not relying on our spirit, but in our flesh. If we're too busy, if we're too worried, if we're too doubtful, if we're, you know, too selfish, uh, sometimes we can miss real God-given opportunities, right? We can trade good ideas. God ideas for good ideas, right? We get a lot of good ideas, but what does God want for our life? So Jesus continues with another parable, which we're going to get into today, the parable of the talents. Jesus, remember, taught in parables to be relatable, but also he taught in parables uh, so that those who were really intently listening, listening could understand, okay? A parable is a story with an underlying meaning. So let's get started with the parable of the talents. We are in Matthew chapter 25, and we are going to be uh, verse 14 through 30. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents to another he gave two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Okay, not uncommon back then for the master of the house to leave and to select some of those who worked within his household to care for everything. We see Jesus using this example in parables in a, in a in a couple different ways, right? Uh, most off, most recently, also what that the servants who were left with responsibility. We we see that happening, and we've equated this in the past, and we could still do it today to the 
Old Testament or the Old Covenant uh, religious leaders who were left with the responsibility of taking care of God's house. But as we've seen all throughout the Gospel of Matthew, they didn't do a very good job of that, right? So Jesus is showing them how to properly do that. Well, a transition was about to happen too, right? In this first century, all of the responsibility of spreading the good news of God was given to what? The disciples, ultimately the apostles, the founders of the early church, uh, fishermen, tax collectors, imperfect people just like you and I uh, were given the responsibility, and that's what Jesus is prepping them for, okay? A lot of what they would have to do would have to be within this next 40-year timeline, the generation that would see the fall of the temple. So there was a lot that needed to go on. Uh, so Jesus is 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 charging them with what he's teaching them to go out and spread that, right? So keep that in mind as, as we go here as well. So let's continue. It says, then he who had received five talents. So let's, so we've got servants, we've got three servants. Okay. One received five, the other received two, and then the other received one each given according to his own ability. Also important to note that everything that we have, right, is given to us from God. Now, talent, a talent is, let's define this. A talent is not a specific coin. It's not like a denarii, okay? It's a unit of money. Some of the translations call it a bag of gold, right? Because it's basically a weight of money. It's not a specific amount. Uh, everything that I read says it could be, you know, in the vicinity of, you know, $1,200 or what, whatever it is. Okay. It's, it's a, it's not a small amount of, of money. So each of these servants was given a certain measure of the amount of money. Okay. By the, by the master. So we could look at that and say, all right, well, everything God gives us is really his, so what do we do with it? And notice they were given everything that was needed and they were given the discretion on what to do with it. I think this is a good message as well. We're given everything by God and that it is our own free will, creative power and discretion that we have, right? Because we have authority here on earth as human beings to make decisions with what God gives us. Okay, got that so far? So let's keep going. It says, then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. He doubled his money, doubled his talents, okay? And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. So you have the one who got five went and traded with it. The one who got two went and, again, took action with it. But the one who had received just one put it in the ground, okay? So didn't do anything with what God gave them. Let's continue verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents, and I've gained you five more talents besides them. Okay. Verse 21, his Lord said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. 
enter into the joy of the Lord. He who also received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents, and I gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to them, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So the master of the house gives the talents to the uh, to to the servants. We see the first two. They took what the Lord gave them and applied it, and were able to gain more. Okay. Now let's look at the contrast of the one who just hid the talents in the ground. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here have what is yours. This didn't make this, the Lord happy. Okay? It says, but his Lord answered and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money at least with the bankers. At my coming, I would have at least received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to to him who has the ten talents. Okay. We'll continue. We'll read this all the way through, and then I'll go back. It says, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But for him who does not have, even what is he has will be taken away. And will cast cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you say, "Wow, that is really harsh stuff." Okay, what's being hit home here is that there's a difference. You're probably picking up on it. Those who use what the Lord gives them, the Lord multiplies. Right. So what we can get out of this, right? All of us have a certain measure that has been given to us. And whether, regardless of the measure that you have in the beginning, whatever you look to give to God, give for God, use on behalf of the Lord, gets multiplied. God multiplies that which is given for him. Okay, we see this all throughout Scripture. And all of us have a limited time to do this. I, I hope I'm not bursting anybody's bubble here, but none of us stay on this earth forever. So while we're here, we're given a limited amount of time and we're given certain resources, call them talents, right? We know that the talents in this case are, you know, basically units of money. But in the metaphoric application of this, what? Time, money, resources, all this is given to God. So let's look at the difference between the two. The glaring difference is that you know, two of these guys did something with what God gave them. And we could look at this and say, what are we doing with what God gave us? The other servant, mind you, tells the Lord why he didn't do it. He says, I was afraid. I knew you were a hard man. Now, this word hard is the Greek word skleros, skleros, I think. Whatever, however it's pronounced, and I'm sure I'll get emails on that. But it means harsh, violent, rough. This individual 
looked at the Lord as harsh, violent, and rough, and therefore did not do anything out of fear. Fear froze him right where he was. And I want to say that misunderstanding, right? Well, first, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all understanding, but that means awe and reverence. It shows that this this individual had a skewed version, version of God, the Lord, in his mind. And I, I position this. Whether you look at the first century and you look at the religious leaders, they had a, a skewed sense of God. They thought God was all about an eye for an eye. They thought God was fine with divorcing for no reason. You can go down the line. We can go back to Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus is making some corrections as to what they believed all along, right? They were off, and Jesus was trying to show them the true nature and truth of God, which is love. God is love. God is the God that chooses mercy over judgment. He would rather not us fall into judgment. So the misunderstanding that's going on causes this person not to do anything with the money. And therefore, he is the wicked servant because he's operating out of fear and he's not using what the Lord had given him. Now, this is where we can go back through Matthew chapter 24. And my beef with the uh, with the interpretation many times is it causes fear and causes us in the body of Christ to look at all the stuff going on and saying, oh my God, these things must happen. So I'm just not going to do anything. And God has never called us to inaction. That is a misappropriation of what? That be still and know that I am God. Be still in your spirit. Have peace in your spirit, knowing that God, yes, God's got it, right? He's got it, but he's also placed it in our hands. What will we do with it? Because if we really take the place of his body uh, here on earth, that means we're his hands, we're his voice, we're his feet, we're his application here on earth. God blesses the earth through his church. So if we just hide things in the ground and just wait for the moment where we could get to give it all back to him, because guess what? None of us leaves this earth with anything that we you know, collect while we're here. The only thing that carries us on in terms of existence here is what we do for others, right? You help save somebody's life. You pull somebody out of addiction and then that person changes their life and they go and they, you know, they, they get married and, and they, they're a good upstanding person, you know, that has children and, and generations. I mean, you have no idea there are things that happened in your ancestry where people intervened that changed the course of your family's history in many directions. But you're here by a set of circumstances, okay, by God's grace and using other people, all right? None of us just appeared on this earth, okay? We all needed other people to do that. So what am I getting at? And let's wrap this up because we are, you know, at – and a little bit beyond our, our 1% here, right? All of us have limited time on this earth. We've each been given our own measure. And if we're willing to give that measure back to God, then he will multiply it. The religious leaders of that time 
did not do a good job with God's house, and the covenant was ending. Jesus was about to hand over everything, and which we'll read in uh, Matthew chapter 28 with the Great Commission, puts it in the hands of these these men and women who would now take the gospel beyond Jesus's resurrection and ascension into the new, uh, in, into really that generation and spread the word. 2024 or 2000 plus years later, you and I are here still with a limited time. None of us are living forever. God's given us gifts, talents, abilities. What are we doing with those things? Or what are we choosing not to? We, we, we make mistakes by commission, right? We commit sins, let's be real, but also by omission. Inaction is, is not a kingdom virtue. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Scripture says that it is for somebody to know something is right and not do it is, is, a, is missing the mark. It's a sin. So how do we wrap this up here? Okay. Because we are in going into a, a season of the next 40 days where we're going to be going seven days a week now. And I want to challenge you every day to take a little bit of yourself. You know, you can give up something, you know, as you, we move toward Lent, a lot of people do that. They give up, you know, their, uh, their sweets. They give up something. They sacrifice something. But what I would say is I challenge you to sacrifice yourself in this way. Give daily. I'm not just saying fork out money. Some days you may give money. But what about today? What if you just called somebody up and told them that you loved them, told them that they mattered, encouraged them? That's my challenge for you today. Call up somebody, and if you really want to challenge yourself, call up somebody who you have a hard time with sometimes, that sometimes you withhold your love from them, right? You, you withhold for whatever reason. Don't withhold today. Call them up and just say, hey, I want to let you know I love you. I just want to let you know I believe in you. But you got to tell them you love them, okay, or them, him, her. Say, I love you. We, we have to get into the habit of being more Christ-like. And again, Scripture says we owe nobody anything except to love them. So that's my challenge for you today. Is that we won't be like the servant that withholds what God gives us. That we would trust God who multiplies beyond anything that we could ever do ourselves. That we trust him. And that's my challenge today. Father God, give them the boldness. As a matter of fact, within the sound of my voice, I pray that God puts a person on your spirit right now to reach out. I say call them, but if you want to reach out to them via social media, send them an email, whatever. Reach out and call. Tell somebody that you love them today. It means a lot. It means a lot. And I believe it'll be freeing for you as well. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church, Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. You're listening to The 1% Christian. Go out and do something amazing for Christ's sake. I love you guys. We're going to continue and close out Matthew chapter 25 tomorrow. Have an awesome and blessed day.